have worship and praise. In fact, you can begin with this song. Amen. Amen. Go ahead.
Hallelujah. Glory to the Lord. Thank you, Brother Hillman. Miss my time with Jesus. I wonder if anybody's ever thought about that from time to time. Amen. Let's worship the Lord today. You're welcome to come to the front for prayer and worship. Stay where you're at, whatever you feel led to do. So good to see all of you today. Let's worship the King.
King of glory. Come on, there ought to be some rejoicing in the house. There ought to be some rejoicing in the house. I'm going to go out on a limb and tell you that most everyone here has had a miracle at one time in their life. You've had more than one. So it shouldn't take me trying to pump you up to rejoice in the Lord. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, you sure ain't going to pump me up. Because I'm going to stay pumped up. Amen. That's just who I am. I'm going to stay that way. That's the way God made me. That's the way God brought me in. I know I'm knocking on 67, but that's all right. I'm going to still dance what I can dance, shout when I can shout. And one of these days, run when I can run. You might see me roll. You might. I got me a blessing Thursday night at General Conference. I'm going to tell you, I came down, wept and cried and travailed, uh, and the Lord spoke to me these things. Uh, he told me, quit allowing your emotions, your circumstances, your finances, what's going on with everybody else, uh, lie to you. He said, every man's a liar, but I am true. Start walking in the promises of God uh, and quit walking uh, in your emotions. And that was before the preaching. And then God summed it up with Pastor Rayner and said, Hey, if the footmen weary me, how can I run with the horses? In other words, if these circumstances and events in my life are wearying me, what's really going to happen when the real problems come my way? Now, I don't know about you, but I'm starting to work up a sweat. So I know evidently I'm doing something right because when. Oh, glory. Glory to the Lord. Oh, my God of heaven. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. Don't you worry about me. I still got a knee brace. I'll be all right. Some of you need to fall back in love with Jesus. Oh, my. Man. Man. Whoa. You know how come I can worship this way? Because I didn't miss my time with him. Let me say it again. I can worship this way, get excited, because I didn't miss my time with him. My wife will tell you, I got me a little song sometimes. She's getting tired of it. I see her sometimes, especially in the morning, and I just start singing, You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. I make up the words. When I am down, you bring me up. What do you do first thing in the morning? I said, what do you do first thing in the morning? When you're a mess, when you got bad breath. I've noticed one thing about God. He doesn't care about my breath. 
my Lord. Hallelujah. Woo! My God, I'm feeling something in the house today. Look out, somebody. Glory to God. I'm going to start flying here in a moment. We better sing. We better sing so maybe some of you can get out from your chair. If you're already out, begin to do something for Jesus. Come on and sing.
Crow. Glory to the Lord. Sing the next song, daughter. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and
another song. Glory, glory, hallelujah. I'm having a good time. I hope you are. So good to see you. I'm glad you're here. Have a good time in the Lord. I thought we had freedom and liberty. Glory, glory, glory. return to your seats if you're able again it's so good to see all of you our visitors today we're glad that you're here we are praying and believing God will be real to you amen amen Amen. I'm going to try to make some announcements very short very short ministerial meeting after the service today just real short real short amen now we're going to do something we're going to start something brother Scotty are you ready today we're going to start something. You know, my wife and I have been praying, and we just got back from the ACE training, the Accelerated Christian Education for our academy. And, you know, I want to be sure there's godly character in my life. Amen. And sometimes if we're not careful, we misplace that. And so during the offering, Brother Scotty, that's him, he is going to read... A godly character trait, give the definition, and the scripture, oh yeah, that goes with it. And when he gets more comfortable, sooner or later, he's going to give a five-minute exhortation. 
on that godly character. Are you excited about that? I'm not quite ready yet. I'm making announcements. Now, you're going to see some bicycles out there for elementary students that we're going to raffle off to try to raise money for our academy. Now, it's going to be kind of high per ticket. That will kind of minimize the number of tickets to be drawn from. And so there's three bikes out there. Even if you don't have children or grandchildren, you can participate and give it to someone that the Lord lays on your heart. Sister Sandra Simmons has the tickets. My family's already bought five. They're $10 a piece, and we're going to have a raffle. There's three bicycles. Please, adults, don't get on them and try to ride them. That goes for you especially. But you can look at them out there, all right? Praise the Lord. Amen. We're having some work days to get ready for school because school starts Tuesday, August the 16th at 8.30 sharp. So we're going to have some work days if you're able to come and help us starting Tuesday, August the 9th through Friday the 12th from 10 to 2. Glad to have you if you're able to come. Now, Saturday, August the 13th, excited about what's happening. Sister Rodriguez has coordinated this event with communities in school and what's going to happen. People are going to come up here and promote healthy eating. I didn't get a response quickly on that. We're not talking burger and fries here. All right? Healthy eating. And learn to grow your own food. It's going to be chef-prepared meals. That is Saturday, August the 13th, from 2 to 4 p.m. Amen. Looking forward to that. Now, remember, no official organized service tonight. We're going to be fellowshipping and celebrating Pastor Brown's 40th old man birthday today. 5.30. He even looks older. Thank you. That's his brother, Brother David Brown, who's not quite 40 yet. For those of you that are wondering, yes, I'm past 40. But I feel when I get in the presence of God like a young man. You know what I found? Normally, no matter how much you age, it normally doesn't affect your voice. It affects other parts of the body, hair, belly, but not your voice. Amen. Some exciting news. God moved in a miracle way at camp in our board meetings. And so we're going to see some changes, and I think for the better. Number one, before the end of 2023, the campground in Campbell, Texas, right outside of Greenville, will have dorms ready for use for camp meeting and youth camp. Amen. Wow, I'm ready for that. In fact, 
Probably before the end of the year, they're going to begin to do the infrastructure that we're going, as an organization, try to pay for for cash, and then we'll see what happens after that. But your bishop told them, I don't want to see any more talking. We need to be doing. And bishop of the organization, he agreed with that. Let me, let me kind of tell you how it went down. This is how it went down. This is going to really shock you. State elders were there, and the three executive member board members were there, myself, Bishop Smith, and Elder Garrett. And I made a motion to sell the property in Campbell, Texas. So we voted. And the vote came four to sell and three against. Guess who voted against? Me. I had to get it open somehow. Bishop and Elder Gellard, they were shocked when I told them. I said, look, I can't leave this meeting until I talk to you a little bit and be transparent. I voted no. They said, what do you mean you voted no? You made the motion. I know it, but I done checked. It's not against Robert Rules of Older. I voted no. And then so they started backing up. I said, well, we need to stop talking that we're going to do something and start doing it. So we voted to rescind that motion and voted to get it done by 2023. Now, some more exciting news. I know the economy's hard. Gas prices are high. And it's hard for people to take off for youth camp and then take off for general conference, right? So we are going to combine youth camp and general conference together for one week, the end of July, one year only in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Then the following years, we're coming back to Texas. The organization will receive 80% of the profit, the youth department 20%. They'll have t-shirt sales and the snack bar. Now, each district has to prepare food one day, so. Okay, all right. I didn't say eat the food, I said prepare the food. It will be much lower, parents, than $180. I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be a lot lower than that for those youth that are staying on campus in the dorms to eat, and then those adults that choose to eat camp food will even be lower than that price, kind of like our family camp, all right? If you don't want to eat at all, you don't have to pay anything. But then there'll be a price if you see the delicious food that this district makes. Wow, I didn't want to eat, but that's looking awful good. All right, well, this is the price. We've got the credit card machine right here. Amen. So I'm excited about that. Why? Because it will promote unity, solidarity. It will bring young people and young adults to general conference. Let them see what happens at general conference. They will still have their youth services. They will still have their youth activities. And it's just one time a year. Amen. I love it too. Of course, I... I made the sacrifice. I told them, okay, I'll go, to, I'll go to Arkansas one year. But that's it. I expected to be ready to go. 
And it may be ready, but we're still going to Arkansas one year. So I'm excited, really excited about all of that. Any other announcements? Any other announcements? I hope you're excited about it as I am. You just got to coordinate one year, one week out of the year. You got an announcement? What, what, you got an announcement? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll tell you this. Uh, in the youth department, because it's the youth department, we have a rule that you can't serve in there if you're 40 or above. Well, Brother Hodge got the director, and we didn't have anybody hardly there. That's what I'm talking about, see. We didn't have any young ministers there that was eligible, that was under 40 years old. And then somebody said, Pastor Brown is not yet 40 years old. I said, that's right. So guess who got the assistant director for one year, just one year, one year, because now he's 40. He got voted in. Amen. I know it made him feel young for a week. Amen. Any other announcements? All right. Brother Scotty, are you ready? Okay, we're going to receive any offering that you may have. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, this is a new thing we're doing, godly character. Go ahead. Today's godly character is perseverance, which means withstanding stress, as in the attacks of time and circumstance, to accomplish God's best. Galatians 6 and 9 tells us, And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, just for a moment, I would like for those that would to step out and greet one another. If you don't feel comfortable shaking hands or giving a golf uncle, that's fine, but at least smile at one another. We're going to get back to doing that. We need to be friendly. We need to greet one another. We need to say hi to one another. Hi, everybody on the platform.
Amen. Our ensemble can be seated. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So good to see all of you. Sister Lucy can't come that often, but when she can, it's so good to see her. And of course, it's good to see everyone else too. Don't think it's not good to see you. Here comes a granddaughter. Here comes a granddaughter. Well, I, don't, I don't know where she's going. Oh, to mama. To my daughter there. Okay. I'm going to just say, my wife looks nice today, like a flower. <laughs> Praise the Lord. No, I'm not in trouble. I heard that. I heard some of you thinking, he must be in trouble. I'm not in trouble. Not today. Amen. The Lord's been dealing with me about this subject, and I pray that I can yield to him and bring it to you in such a way that it'll help you. I'm going to read over in the book of Ezekiel, give you a moment to get there, chapter number 8. I'm going to read one verse of Scripture, have you seat, sit back down, then I'm going to read some more to you today. Ezekiel 8. Verse 15, then said he unto me, hast thou seen this, O son of man? Turn thee yet again, and thou shalt see greater abominations than these. You may be seated. I'm going to continue reading now in verse number 16 to the end of the chapter. He brought me into the inner court of the Lord's house. Listen to the word. And behold, at the door of the temple of the Lord, between the porch and the altar, were five and twenty men, with their backs towards the temple of the Lord, and their faces towards the east. And they worshiped the sun towards the east. Wow. Then he said unto me, Hast thou seen this, O son of man? Is it a light thing to the house of Judah that they commit the abominations which they commit here? For they have filled the land with violence and have returned to provoke me to anger, and lo, they put the branch to their nose. Therefore will I also deal in fury. My eyes shall not spare, neither will I have pity. And though they cry in my ears with a loud voice, yet will I not hear them. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. For a little while today, I'd like to bring this thought to you. Is it a light thing? Now, light here is not a noun. It's not a verb. It's an adjective meaning that it has very little weight to it, light as a feather. As I'm 
thinking about what God was showing Ezekiel, he took Ezekiel to a hole, just a little hole. He said, start digging. And Ezekiel began to dig out that hole, and behind that hole was a door. And he looked in that door, and he began to see all kind of things in there, all kind of abominations in there. He even saw a woman weeping and crying to a false god. He saw other men worshiping false gods and idols and basically told Ezekiel, this is nothing. I'm going to show you even more abominations. Something happened to Israel. Something took place to them. And if we're not careful, and I'm afraid for some of us, it has happened to us as well. Stay with me. I'm going to try to encourage you to see through the hole, in through the door, into your own life. Is it a light thing that 25 priests between the porch and the altar put their back against the altar, back against the temple, bowed their face towards the east and worshiped the sun god? They had got the imagination that what we do in the darkness God doesn't see. For some reason, they deceived themselves and said, what we do behind closed doors, what we do where nobody can see us, it stays hidden. Is it a light thing? Is it a light thing? Let me continue here as I begin to build in Genesis 33 and 20, the Bible tells me here. And he erected there an altar and called it Elohi Israel. He began to build an altar and he called it the Almighty God. That's what it means. Hear that. He built an altar. Speaking of Noah, built an altar and called it Almighty God. We leave him and we go now to Abram, Genesis 35 and 7. Excuse me, Isaac. What do we see there? And he built there an altar. He built an altar. And called the place El Bethel. Because there God appeared unto him when he fled from the face of his brother. God Almighty appeared unto him. And then in Exodus 17 and 15, Moses built an altar and called the name of it Jehovah Nisi. Because the God that he served, the God of his forefathers, was his banner. These men built altars. And now we come kind of a peculiar circumstances. The first king of Israel, Saul, head, shoulders above them all, humble in his own sight, was elected by God 
through Samuel to be king. He got in trouble. People of Israel began to do things they shouldn't do. They began to get defeated. And so he was wondering, what shall I do? He's already been reigning for a while. And the Bible says, and I'm going to read it to you, that he built an altar. It was the first time he built an altar. He should have done that when he became king. The first thing he should have done, like Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, was to build an altar. But he waited till he got in trouble. And he built an altar for the first time. I found that astonishing. Then we're going to leave these men. And we're going to 1 King 18 and 30. And you're going to know and be familiar with this. And Elijah said to all the people, come near unto me. And all the people came near unto him. And he repaired the altar. Because it was broken down. The altar didn't mean anything. When God took Ezekiel to see the dark places, the hidden places, it lost its value. It's lost its preeminence. And then I showed you all the great men of God building altars. And then I relate to you the first king of Israel waited waited and built an altar. Of course, he lost his kingship. Wow. Then we begin to see Elijah, the mighty prophet. He had to repair the altar. And the next example I want to give you is King Manasseh, who was an evil king, a wicked king. He got sick, and he cried unto God. And God had mercy and healed him, and he had a change of heart. And he began to realize, I know God is God. You know what he did when he had a change of heart? He started tearing down the grove, and he built an altar. He repaired the altar that had been broken down. Wow. Wow. Building and repairing. Building and repairing. I wonder today how many of you, some of you saw me so you knew, but I wonder if you would have known if you didn't see me. How many of you today, we still have some that are not in here yet, how many of you today have even noticed the altar? That could be a picture of yours. Filthy. Dirty. Got all kind of spider webs all over it because it hadn't been used. You couldn't bow down in that state and have God hear your cries. He's already said, they'll cry unto me and I will not hear them. 
So even though you might have built an altar 20 years ago, five years ago, or yesterday, what does it look like now? You're only going to visit it when you're in trouble. You're going to go find it when you're in trouble. You're going to repair it when you're in trouble. When I'm in trouble, I don't have time to repair it. I got to pray. When I'm in trouble, I don't have time to get a duster out and dust it and be sure that it's in the right state of repair so that I can bow before the altar. Oh, hallelujah, glory to God. Some of you didn't even notice it. At least my daughter about fainted when I started spraying the stuff on it. And so before I can do anything, before I can do anything, I got to clean it. I got to repent for allowing it to become in that state. And some of you are saying, well, mine's not that way. Well, we're going to find out. We, we, we are good. You and I are good at deceiving ourselves. And we try to deceive others, and sometimes we're successful. But there's one you'll never, never fool, and that is God Almighty. Oh, hallelujah. The God that appears and the God that's my banner and the God that will have mercy upon a wicked king and he Repair the altar. So the first thing I got to do, Brother Phyllis will come and hold this box. Man, that used to be snot. Crying. Now it's so dry. You say, well, that's pretty graphic. Well, let's get right down to it. That used to be tears. That used to be things in my life that God wasn't pleased with. Oh, you're sure to pick those back up, though, because I can't find any of those. Too quiet for you? This is going to take some time, isn't it? It's going to take some time. I'm just not going to march up here for a few seconds, you know, kneel down at an altar and pray and get up and say, I'm okay. It's going to take some time. Here I'm still talking. That ought to be cleaning. One thing, about, one thing about the altar, all this junk that we've allowed to accumulate there comes off real easy. I don't know what God puts there, maybe the blood. But this stuff, I can hear, I can hear the Lord. He's helping me. You missed a spot. Oh, no. 
I'm going to say, God, will you help me? He said, no. You put it there, you take care of it. I'm not going to pick it up for you. Oh, my God, I feel like running. I, I feel like checking my altar. I feel like saying, hey, what kind of state is my altar in? Oh, yeah, I'm preaching. I might as well just pick this stuff up and shake it. So that those things that cannot be shaken will remain. That's a good idea. Maybe, maybe if you would worship a little bit, you start shaking some junk off. He's not worried about what's on the floor. I can step on it when it's on the floor. I can kneel on it when it's on the floor. Oh, somebody better get with me today because you're fixing to have to deal with your altar in just a minute, honey. Because, see, once you get to cleaning, you get obsessed with it. Once you get to repenting, it's something you got to do every day. It's after a few weeks that you haven't repented because you think, well, there's nothing in my life I got need, need to repent about. Well, you got an attitude problem. <laughs> but, hey, when you're repenting daily, praise the Lord, hallelujah. How did that get there? Oh, my stinking attitude. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have thought. I shouldn't have allowed that. Oh, Lord, forgive me. I'm glad it's just a couple of spots, Lord. Because I want to spend some time with you. Oh, it got all over my praise. It's amazing what junk will do to shut your mouth. It's amazing what will happen when the altar is not in a good state of repair. You can't shout very well. You try to hide and shout. Honey, if I'm going to shout, I'm not embarrassed. I'm not ashamed. I know I'm a sinner. But, honey, I made it right. I'm going to shout for the whole world to know. I want the devil to know I'm blood-bought. I'm sanctified. I'm Holy Ghost-filled. I'm baptized in the name. I got a right. I said I got a right to praise the Lord. Got to get it off the horns. Somebody's got a mess to clean up afterwards. Be careful what you pick up. Was that good? Yeah, this whole thing's good. Don't you try to help me now to take it off because you can't. No. I love you. You love me, but you, you can't help me with my altar. Because if you're not careful, 
He's got that in his wallet. See, an altar is a private thing. Don't wait till you get sick. Don't wait till you get in trouble. Look at all the, look at all the time I just wasted. Some of that just really smashed down in there. You know, it's amazing I didn't have to use any type of cleaning agent. <laughs> Honey, this is some good stuff. You know, if I'd have let it go, it would have got over my life. Thank you, Brother Phillips. My daughter, get ready to come. Just leave it, just leave it like it is. Hadn't been preaching too long lately. Matthew 21 says this in verse 42. Jesus said unto them, Did you never read in the scripture the stone which the builders rejected? The same has become the head of the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it's marvelous in our eyes. Therefore, I say unto you, the kingdom of God shall be taken from you and given to a nation, bringing forth the fruits thereof. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken. But on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. The beautiful thing about the word in Hebrew, it's four letters. I may not have them exactly right, but it's spelled with four letters. And the word son is spelled the same as stone except the first letter. So they sound so close. Preachers, when they're preaching... They don't have the opportunity and privilege that you do because they are ministering. But those of you that have been with me and know me, when I'm at a conference, there's not a service goes by that I don't go to the altar. Because sometimes you just got to go to be grateful. And sometimes you got to go to do a little repenting. Sometimes you got to go to do a lot of repenting. As we stand this morning, Sweet Pea, I love you. But there are some people sitting in these chairs. You haven't been to the altar in a year or more. Really? That's right. That's right. The Lord revealed to me. You haven't been to this altar in gratitude or in repentance in more than a year. Some of you, two years. Why is the question? Why? 
it's not a bad place. It's a good place. It doesn't say that you are a wretched sinner. What it says is, I want to have some time with Jesus. And by you not coming, you might prevent someone else from not coming. Because they look to you. Don't be afraid to come down there and kneel at that altar. I knelt at general conference even with a bad knee. I got on my face. And Thursday night before the preaching, I began to veil and tears came down my face. Because I said, God, I'm not letting you go. I'm going to see it. I'm going to take hold of it. Have you somehow allowed the weeds to grow up in your path to the altar? And some of you, this won't move you either. But God knoweth. You can't hide from Him. He knows when you've been, and He knows when you haven't been. And He knows how long it's been. So if you've got all against somebody that's keeping you from there, you need to do what the Bible says. Go to the individual, even if it's my family, and get it right. Get to this altar. Reacquaint yourself with this altar. God has given you an opportunity today. Some of you won't take advantage of that. So I don't know. It's between you and God now. Sing, daughter.
We need to pray for Sister Sandra Silvas. She had to leave in so much pain. I think she's going back to ER or the hospital. So keep her in prayer today. Keep seeking the Lord. Don't forget the ministerial meeting. I've got just one more. See you tonight. With my arms stretched wide, I will worship you. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again.
Get up and pray. 